0: yo i'm excited for you guys to hear what we have for you this week we were honored by having the opportunity to sit down with sister mayor and get to know him a little better this was a long one but still not long enough a lot of things we could have covered if you haven't already followed us on instagram go there it's at dirty d-i-r-t-y-h-c look for all of our socials on there subscribe give us a like and hit that five star rating with all that out of the way let's get on with the show What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in tonight. It's Slow Boy with the Dirty Hurts podcast. I got Mark or Sister Mary, formerly known as Mark Instinct, here. I'm with Indigo Child and High Fives. We're going to have a little chat. So, what's up, Mark? Thanks for joining us
1: tonight.
2: Not much. <laughs> I'm getting my vaporizer fixed in.
1: <laughs> should we call you Mark or should we call you Sister? No, you can. I'm,
2: I'm, a, I'm a, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> regular guy just uh so happen to make music and stuff but
3: no man so i mean like you know i've i've i consider you a friend we've been kind of talking on and off through like quarantine and just like i know you've started this sister mary project that i absolutely think is phenomenal and honestly in in my my opinion i would just classify it as like forward thinking bass music um, I think it's definitely like more of that highbrow, like artistic content and just like the whole project and stuff. It's, it's like art, you know, the whole thing in my opinion, you know, but I, I know you have a, a long history. So if you want to okay. like kind of dive into it
2: <clears throat> going from like, I'm not even going to call it mainstream music. Cause like electronic music to me when I was growing up, like I used to listen, I'm, I'm to, th- I'm 35 now and like. When I was 15, 16, like that shit was different, you know, but being Mark Instinct for as long as I was and then coming out of that, I think um, it transitioned me from making like some stuff that I felt was like really inauthentic, you know, like it felt authentic at the time because it was like, sweet, I'm touring. I've got like the sound and like I'm not going to shit on the stuff I've made, like, but the stuff I make now I feel is a lot more. It's it's a lot more authentic and it is that art house vibe. And I've kind of just wanted to go with that theme with this project, I guess. Like I think it encapsulates shit for me that like I've never been able to project into music before. But now, I, after fifteen years of whatever producing music, you know, it it's a lot easier to do that. And I think it's more time and a place. Like I learned a lot from you know, touring back in the day and like making the stuff I did and collaborating with the people I did, like we made some I made some really, like great stuff, and it did, kind of. You know, it was part of that pioneering of, of where things went to. I feel yeah. like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was
1: wondering too. Like you were Mark Instinct for a good while. What made you want to switch to the Sister Mary uh, alias?
2: Um, I had a lot of. uh I mean, there's a lot of things going on in my life, I think, that kind of made me reflect on sure. the people I was carrying around me and um, the voices kind of that come, you know, from those people that right. aren't necessarily good in your life. And, like, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of, like, substance abuse. Like, I had a probably like, a huge problem with that, which was, like, a fucking... It sucked. Like, it was. it's good to be way more on the, on the sober end now. Like, I don't party as at at all really i have a couple drinks there but it's not 21 year old me anymore you know what i mean um but having all those realizations and it was kind of like a rebirth i had an ego death i like took a lot of time away i isolated myself before fucking isolating yourself was actually (laughs) right (laughs) mandatory (laughs) (laughs) freaking It is out here now, like, I mean, with all the shit in Ontario going on, but, um, yeah, it's just, I had this moment where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, like, I want to do something that is more for me and, like, more directed at, like, what what I feel I could do with my art, um, I like, especially producing dubstep back in the day, like, you're only given that box to be in, and, like, I try, like, I made dubstep, I made mid-tempo stuff i made you know things that kind of just went with the curve and like i I didn't want to go with the curve anymore i wanted to just kind of do my own thing and not really care what's popular (laughs) you know
0: yeah so where's the name sister mary come from what where'd that originate from
2: well i pitched this idea to like an old manager of mine i was like man because we're trying to figure out ways to keep my old project going and i was just like oh, i don't know if like i really feel it like it's probably just something that i need to give up but um i was i just had a night smoke too and was like i want to do this like crazy nun fucking thing with like all halloween <laughs> like and shit and make it super gothic but like because i really like i'm into the occult like i'm into magic i'm into a lot of that shit and like mark instinct was never that like at all it was like rough party house music and but to now to be able to like take the aesthetic and create music out of it i think is like is something that i'm not i've never been able to do but i can now you know it's it's a lot more of an open playing field especially to get into visual shit like i want to make a horror movie one day or something like that like that'd be cool yes you know and like i could take this type of music and go into that direction i can you know create art installations with say with different things and so i feel like that's more of a direction that doesn't keep me boxed in and it's probably i guess it's an insecurity now that i look at this (laughs) (laughs) shit (laughs) but yeah i just i don't ever want to box myself back in again so making whatever i feel like is how i want to do this project and yeah that's where it all kind of encompassed from and i pitched this idea and that's where it started and three weeks later single (laughs) i'll say that's
1: super dope because i'm i i really enjoy like more of the darker sounding uh music of electronic stuff so that's really dope to hear that you're going for that i always love when people do that stuff
2: i definitely like
1: some misery with my music that
2: (laughs) dark stuff yeah
1: absolutely (laughs)
2: I was joking with somebody the other day I'm like man even if it's like a major scale I'm gonna make it sound minor Like I don't even give a fuck
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean there's there's a time and place For that upbeat stuff But I don't know I just really I really
2: sit in that place of the dark Those dark tunes you know I have a really good homie And he's always like He's always like man Like you just need to make some shit Like we can bang out the car I'm like I know but Fuck, I don't feel like doing that all
3: the time. <laughs> Ugh, well, yeah. well, no, man, like I also appreciate how you mentioned like kind of reining it in on the partying and stuff, man, and just the toll that is on mental health. Like, me personally, I've got 10 years cl- ten years clean off of opiates. That's what's and, up, man. So, like, I appreciate you for just being like, I've dealt with this. Me personally, I've dealt with the mental health and and along with the substance stuff. Yeah. And, and uh, the toll that it takes on you mentally and especially as an artist, man, like <clears throat> I got ushered in by guys like yourself, you know, the OGs and stuff, people like you, Richie, Rick, Jimmy, like before social media became a thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once that social media became almost a mandatory uh, need for us as artists, a <coughs> lot of us tend to be more introverted. I mean, we are and we aren't.
2: Like well, I've, I've, I I I I'm sorry to cut you off, but I feel like people have lost sight sometimes of like the goal, you know. Like we're presented with this being an artist back, you know, ten years ago, as something new. There wasn't a bunch of people doing shit, and I mean, I find social media is just as damaging as substance abuse in some ways.
3: It's just as addictive, man, and and a lot a lot of us hold, like, and it shouldn't be this way, but we hold our personal value based on likes and things because
2: that's what we're presented with. Totally, totally. And, I mean, I felt that firsthand. Like, I've had that coming down from even in the past, like, agents being like, I've literally gotten told, it doesn't even matter what the fuck you write. It's, like, <laughs> it no merit anymore. And I was like well that just kind of shoots it down for me like shit i wanted to just make cool music and like that's not what it's about so another reason why i switched it up was so like i could just go make music you know it's not about the paycheck it's not about like it's just it's fucking just make art and make dope art
3: no totally and 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 I think a lot of people feel the same way. I feel like sometimes they're a little afraid to say these kinds of things because of how it may look on them as an artist. But I think hearing it more and more often and normalizing, normalizing honesty, bro, and and just being real about it as an artist is like something that I I appreciate you for being willing to do. And, and, you know, like,
2: yeah, I mean, that's, I really don't, care like (laughs) it's i've come to this point in my life now where it's it it, it's better to be genuine than to live in authentically Mm -hmm. and just it's Mm -hmm. i don't know i'd rather just do that (laughs) i don't know about anyone else but (laughs) yeah
0: no i feel like with social media there's like a certain script that everybody expects you to stay with and if you stray from that then you know, people attack you or, um, yeah, they call you out for just having any of the slightest difference in opinion on things. Have you dealt with any of that shit?
2: I've never really had that problem at all because I don't post on social media. Like that's one thing that I've kind of just been like, I'll do like, I like to put up like artistic shit. Like if it's going on my social media, it's about music. Like, I've always wanted to do like a rant, like a fucking have a two hour podcast. about <laughs> But like, I'm pretty sure that like some things that like I would say people would disagree with. But I'm all pretty sure there's some things some people would agree with too. Too. Um, but like, I'm not, I'm not a political person by any means. Like, I have my own views about shit. Like, just be a good fucking person. Like, that's all. Like, that's yes. all. Or you know what I mean? Like what happened to that's the humanity that's 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 needed no
3: dude spot on man so like all right with as far as the um as far as like previously till now like What, what artists or what releases through your career have really been those moments where you kind of realized your level up and your potential and where you hit like a new kind of confidence in your, in your own work, whether it was through Mark, Mark instinct. Cause I mean like, dude, I remember like your heavy shit into your saturate releases that became sister Mary, bro. Cause like, dude, I remember, yeah, I remember that transformation with you, with Mark. And I was like, dude, this is sick. And that kind of led into Sister Mary. So that like
2: was, I think that was kind of the moment because like I'd had a few like prior, I'm gonna say like two or three years prior to like killing off the old project, like I had had like I'd been approached by Diplo to do a remix for Mad Decent and I got hit up by Ousla to do remixes for them. Like and I realized that like the record game then was different because that's when people were like, Hey, quick fire, get as much shit out as we can anybody we can get to remix let's put it all out put it all out and like a lot of that shit never even got released which kind of sucks like it's you go and do all this work but i was like okay like i'm getting i'm getting some shit come in and then then the saturate thing happened and when noisy had premiered it on the yeah like big up big up this is big yeah i was like this is huge and it's funny because years and years and years and years and fucking years ago, a homie of mine and I had booked Noisier to play here in a, in a community center with like fucking 600 people. We were well over capacity. The cops showed up like <laughs> wild as fuck. And like, it was cool to just fucking see it being like. Wow, like I was that young in you know a scene. We were just throwing parties, and now like these guys are shouting out my tunes. Same thing, <laughs> at Diesel Boy for the first time too, with playing on the drums. Like, he well, you're, was, on, like
3: you're you're you were on uh, Subhuman, right? I mean, dude, you got collabs with Armani Rain as well. Who's at a totally killer MC?
2: Big time, and like even just working with like, with Bear, or, like working with Diesel Boy on shit too. Where, like we did we did a collab together, the three of us, and. Like, again, it's like, fuck, like, I remember just opening for him being like, man, it's so cool to meet you. And now he's like, I'm on tour with the guy sitting at dinner, having dinner with him, shooting the shit, drinking whiskey, like, fast forward 10 years. It's just, it's it's surreal in that part. And I think that's what's always kind of kept me focused on how the process works and how much of a process, like, growing as an artist is, I think. Yeah, yeah
0: so i mean how long were you doing things before things started popping off for you really
2: um well i started making music like i wasn't serious about it until about 2007 or eight and then by i think by two years i put out like the first couple tunes on betamorph yeah. way back yeah. in the day yeah. so that was like the first that was the first release Bro, okay, real quick,
3: just to date myself, I remember your release, and I remember fucking Richie August Deathproof EP on fucking yep. Bader and that was like, that sold me on heavy dubstep. I was like, bro, this is it. This is like, yeah. I mean, yep. th- even now, most of that shit would be considered rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Just on structure
2: well it is and like the fucked up thing is is i've got this i've got like a few a few like 140 tunes that i'm working on right now and like they're very reminiscent of like the old rotten days because like shortly after i got on betamorph i hit up excision and like excision was a homie from back in the day like fucking i went and played his night in Kelowna, and he was like he signed a bunch of tunes and then that he like i remember he sent me this video and it was like fucking them playing destroyed at chambla and i was at home like like whoa this is fucking crazy and like that's when it all started like so i'd say like 2010 i think
0: nice did did you have any musical background before that Did you just get straight into production
2: yeah i just went right into it like i'd had i'd had fruity loops and i'd had reason for many years like when i was younger like i'd skateboarded and like listened to drum and bass and then i was like oh, i want to learn how to make drum and bass music <laughs> And got a shitty copy of Reason. Reason
0: is so sick.
2: Yeah, my parents' computer and learned from there. And that's when I'd never really taken any formal training. I went and did like an internship for for mixing and stuff like that and just like sound design and shit. But 99% of what I know is self taught. Like, nice. Yeah, it's trial and error for sure. Well, and (laughs) it's. Especially back when you were starting that
0: stuff, like now we're so spoiled with all the tutorials and shit on YouTube. There's Uh-oh. so many resources to learn this shit, but back then you couldn't find any of that shit. It was
2: no, it was message board. Yeah, you'd go on like you would go on like Dogs on Acid or something like that, and fucking the drum and bass forums and stuff, and they'd be like guys being like, "Yeah, man, like you got to use this sampler," and like it's it was
3: pe- it was people like Rick shitting on everybody's work. <laughs>
2: Shit posting on message shit board posting. before shit. shit posting was cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Before people got butthurt. Oh my god! But yeah, like there was there wasn't very many tutorials. However, though the gear there wasn't even gear like Ableton didn't even exist. Like, like the first versions of Cubase and fucking Cool Edit and like shit. People that used they used to make music in like half of it was made on hardware. So you like you yeah. need to buy racks of hardware.
1: So what do you use now? Do you still stick with reason
2: or are you an Ableton guy, FL guy? I'm been on Cubase for all my life. pretty much. Cubase. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hell Um, yeah. I like, I like Ableton for a few things, but I feel like there's just so much shit in it. Like it's cool to be creative in it, but I also like to be able to be creative and mix the fucking thing at the same time. Cause it's like, I can, I can do all my sound design and mix my tune at, in the same in the same way, like I feel like okay, with yeah, a easier to do that than it is with Ableton. Like, there's just too much shit in in that in that program for me to to dabble in it because I'd get lost. I'd be like, oh, sick. Let's just test out all these compressors. Like, who needs that many? <laughs>
3: Well, I think it just goes to show too. Cause there's always that like snake oil within dolls. It's all about knowing what you're using and maximizing that knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Cause like, dude, I know people that use FL reason. I mean, I started out on reason, but Ableton clicked for me. It made sense.
2: Yeah. But I, I mean, it's all personal preference really. It really is. Yeah. And like, I mean, I'm not going to say no to it. I think I'd probably jump to Bitwig before I jump to to Ableton. Well, that's the original creators. It is yeah, it's like the disgruntled guy that left or some shit and just made an open source program. Like it's brilliant. <laughs>
3: yep, yep. And it, dude, it it runs essentially the same way. I mean, it, it takes a little bit of a learning curve to get it set up. Like for at least for me, because I've worked with it with Rick and Jimmy, so I've had firsthand experience. But very similar user interface and all that kind of stuff. And I, uh, you know, those guys are like, this is what Ableton wants to be.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what I would noticed about it too. And I first read up and I was like, this would be sick to like, really do some intense sound design shit. Like, I feel like now though with especially because i'm using like lots of outboard shit like i've got tape machine here now i've got dude
3: all the stuff you sent me the studio it looks phenomenal man and just the work environment has like and it's it's cool because i can tell it's your vibe and like when you sit down it's like you just get that huh
2: you know like it's the right dead quiet in here man like it's fuck i love it (laughs) Dude,
3: for sure. Well, and I can tell, I can tell with the music you've been sending to me. I've sent it to these guys to give them like a heads up. I mean, dude, deadly is fire. The collab you got going is fire. Like I, as a friend, I can definitely hear you're in the zone and in your element doing this stuff. So, I mean, I think that's, that's, there's a lot to be said about that. Um, as far as like your writing process and things like I've noticed that I have to pretty much get a skeleton tune, a general idea before I even touch engineering in order to keep the writing process clean. Is yeah. there anything that you've noticed over the years and evolved with and learned that helps you finish tunes more effectively?
2: No, actually I've actually had to like force myself to finish stuff recently. And like, it's kind of funny because this last, that deadly tune, like I've been sitting on that for probably four years. 4 years and I finally opened it and was like this track is done like I just need to mix it and then I mixed it and I was like holy shit like that's all it takes now I'm going back and being like all right this is easy to do now
0: <laughs> yeah I get in the same way with some tunes like and especially cuz I'm always trying to learn and improve myself and like I I'll, I'll get some tracks that I just kind of set aside for a second and I keep going back and Reworking tracks and but I You know the same thing like I I Have stuff I've been sitting on for like two years That I don't finish and
2: yeah I, it, It's hard To like put you, have, you almost have to like What I find is the hardest part Is to try and put yourself Back In the same mind state you were in When you were writing that tune Because yeah. when you writing it All the ideas came out but then you put it Away for a couple of days and it's like shit i'm just not driving like the same way it's hard to get like the effort to put back into it again and that's when you're like oh maybe i'll go start something new today or go through yeah. all the other 50 pl- projects i've got that are half done <laughs> well you know i get
0: back into that track and with all the shit i've learned i start almost rewriting that same track and instead of just completing it how i originally had the idea
2: See, and uh thing though like like a lot of things are better done that way because you don't want to force something that's not, not meant to happen. But like, again, like when you do go back to it and I've noticed this too, is I've gone back to songs and been like, if I just rewrite this one section, like that's what, that's what was fucking it up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I feel that. Yeah. It kind of gets me back into that mind state of like, Oh, this is where I was when I was writing it. But again, like some ideas you have, you're like, Oh shit. Like I felt like writing this today because you're either a influenced by something or whatever it be. And then two months down the road it's not the same influence anymore. No,
3: totally, man. I mean, yeah, I, I get that completely. And like, even with some songs that start out that way, I'll have a good build into a good drop, but both don't fit together. It's like, bro, this build needs an or this build needs a new drop, this drop needs a new intro, kind of thing, you know?
2: That's when you subconsciously start writing parts for songs that you're working on elsewhere. Yeah. The intro fits on like a song that you had that you've just been sitting on that you'd forgot about. And you go and open it up one day and you're like, damn, there's the intro, or there's the drop. <laughs> well so working
3: like getting a chance because i mean dude we were talking about like you coming through tour like as as mark instinct for years man and we kind of like got to know each other just playing dude i'll never forget the first time on the blood sweat and bass tour that you came through in indie and it was like a fucking blizzard and yeah. i had like a two hour set before you and it was like the first big show I ever played and obviously like we've gotten to know each other since then but like you know with what you're with what you're doing with sister mary okay what are some future goals that you are wanting for yourself as well as upcoming releases and just things that you're kind of planning that you feel comfortable sharing because I know we've talked about a lot and and a big goal uh, for us is to, to make sure that we can line up something that, that would be a, a, a viable U.S. tour, man. And, and obviously you have the resume and the talent and the skill to make that happen. So I just want to hear from you personally about what you want for yourself and the, the grand vision of sister Mary. So maybe people that are listening or even ourselves can kind of help each other accomplish that, you know what I'm saying? And, and grow together
2: i mean just it's more right now i'm getting music out again which is like it's taking steps back like when i detach like i detach like i go out and fuck off to the woods for like a month and like shut off my phone you know what i mean like i don't tell anybody where i'm going and it it kind of helps me ground but again like you don't get to put out music as fast so i think like in the future is gonna be a lot more consistency and i really do plan on doing like some like i want to do like a not necessarily like a merch line but like a clothing line like uh, like aside from this too that's still under the umbrella yes but well, there, i'd wear it yeah I've, I've been doing like some consulting and like I do mix work. I do lots of other things. And like, I think that that's just kind of where I'm going to dedicate and forward my business to like, you know, and even just not necessarily the business, but the vision of having just this, like a, like a, just an art out outlet of some kind. Where I well, you're try.
3: creating a you're you're creating your entire brand, man, and you're you. I would say you're more of an entrepreneur. I mean, you got your start with music and things, but what you're talking about is definitely more of an entrepreneurial idea.
2: Yeah, definitely. And like, I'd love to get working on like some films and like working with like scoring and stuff like that too. And there's a couple like uh, like a lot of music that I've been writing is on that very slow, dark like very reminiscent of, like, a Lauren vibe or something like that. Um, Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that, like, I feel is, like, is, like, I want to do more with the visual end of things. Like, I really want to get into, like, music videos because I grew up watching music videos. Like, that was the shit.
3: Yeah. Dude, (laughs) I remember... Bro, waking up, waking up and managing to find out what the blocked number to MTV was at like five o'clock in the morning in the early, like mid nineties and catching like prodigy smack my bitch up and nine inch nails closer and just being like horrified, but inspired at the same time as a kid. Like, you know?
2: Yeah, man. I remember the first time I saw those videos, like I was just like, this is just, it was so cutting edge. Like even the Daft Punk video with the fucking dog, man. Like, yeah. Dude, that that's like that's always that image is burned in my mind for forever apex
3: twins come to
2: daddy totally I mean, that's like uh, <laughs> window liquor window liquor. Uh, window liquor yeah totally man yeah it's 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 just like it's a lost art form and like i feel like that's kind of like where i really want want to go with things um right now like i've been i've been producing like um and engineering a bunch of stuff for like a good friend of mine and i feel like i've always had like a strong suit doing that too so i definitely like want to spend some time adapting to that and putting that type of work into into this too and kind of branching off into other projects because like i love i love like electronic music for for sure but like there's just there's so much more to like the skill set that i can bring to shit now that i'm like i want to do this type of stuff with an acoustic record for somebody you know what i mean or yeah try and start it's like establishing artists and like building artists like maybe start a management company later on down the road like like so something small you know that that caters to to building people authentically and like giving them the proper treatment that they need to get really good art out because there's so many people who are trying to do it but it's like the right the right set of set of people around you like it it can do some wonders.
3: Well, I know you and I talked about uh, the artist run collective and keeping it totally like everybody has their own management. Everyone has their own agents. So then that way, as artists, we feel comfortable that, like, we're not going to we're not putting ourselves in a position to be used by each other. No. And I think that's and and I think that's like the most important thing, because it does happen. And it's just it's human nature to want to get ahead. It, and I think is, yeah. Uh, And like, I just think with that idea and just starting a completely not almost like non non for profit artist run collective to where we incorporate visual artists, audio artists, like everybody to where we have that trusted group of people. So it's like, Mark, if you've got dudes up there that are sick with the visuals, (coughs) let's Mm -hmm. let's work with them. Let's get them out there, you know, because like. (laughs) That's what it is and, and, and within that network We have trusted people to be like Yo, my guy's gonna get work done properly On time, you pay him And you're not gonna get screwed over
2: Yeah, definitely I mean, there's a lot of integrity And like, especially lack of integrity In this industry, too With like, a lot of shit Like, I mean, the amount of times That like, I probably should've been like Hey, you mind if I get a little bit of money Cause I feel that I'm worth it Where I didn't, where I was like Oh, I'll just keep doing this shit for the exposure Like, like that's great and all, but like you end up getting roped into that where it's, you do get taken advantage of by a lot of things, but you also take advantage of yourself at the same time because the only person stopping you from doing that shit is yourself. <laughs> yeah, for
3: sure. For sure. No. Yeah. And, 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 you know, a lot of people even like, I'm starting to look at management just because like I'm having issues keeping track of things. And I feel like if I had somebody to, <coughs> to run it in a little bit more and streamline dates to just be like, yo, this is what you've got and yada, yada, yada. So I can focus more on the art. Yeah. I, like I finally found that with somebody that I can trust. I've got, you know, my girl, she's going to be taking over all my Indigo child, social media. I trust her and I'm not doing anything nefarious that she can't see. Yeah, You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. going to clear up, it's going to clear up that mental space that as an artist, I feel like I need to to go to like the level that you're at or like where I inspire like dude you inspire me man and it's humbling that you agreed to even do this bro for real oh, yeah. just like not to not to boost your ego too much <laughs> man but like I appreciate it thank you for trusting me with this you know yeah
2: no problem man like I I wish I had somebody to do day to day shit I used to and like it just it wasn't a very it was a very toxic situation so it was just it was not not conducive to making anything you know like a good outcome for shit um but like i'm starting to figure now like i'm like there's days where like i spend 16 hours in this fucking studio man like i don't i don't check shit i don't look at my emails i miss email and yeah it's like it gets really difficult some days but i mean I'm kind of one of those people that's like, I should just get it done myself. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I was going to say, I'm kind of in that boat uh, right now where I'm kind of like trying to do shows and stuff for exposure without really asking for money. Mm -hmm. And I obviously want to ask for more money than I get. Yeah, Um, But I am appreciative of what I get. Do you have any advice on when you might think that's the right? Because I feel like I am worth a little bit more money than I get, but I also don't want to step on anyone's toes.
2: I mean, like there's there's the there's the like, well, if you bring people like you get paid and, and whatnot. But like even when I was promoting shows years ago, like everyone got like a base fucking rate and like that's what you got paid. And like,
1: okay, yeah, yeah
2: what it's what is like what you think is is deservable like up here it was like a local DJ there's no fucking reason you shouldn't get anywhere from like two to three hundred dollars to yeah, play a okay. set, you know I mean yeah, like, it, like it's not like oh here's 50 bucks and like a handful of tickets if you sell all your tickets then fucking there's your money like yeah. no man like that's 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 kind of devaluing things and like I've even had it too like I asked for more money at one show I remember this fucking years years and years ago and the guy was just like, man, it doesn't really matter who the fuck I put on that stage. Like, people are going to show up. So, like, take this Bro. or don't. Play. I was Bro. like, <laughs> I was like, peace out, man. Like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> but again, like, it's this like, you got to just know when to say yes. And like, that's when I started to realize, like, it wasn't always about playing every fucking show all the time. Like, I got right. it real quick and. Like the, the you'll get eventually just start attracting like the right, the right experiences, I feel like too. Um, but I guess it all depends on like where your direction is too. Like if you're a producer, then like hell yeah, demand some money. Like you're up there playing right. your music.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'd say most of the times I am playing at least 45 minutes of an hour set of original stuff. So, like That's... when I first, yeah, I was gonna say, when I first moved out to Indianapolis, of course, I wasn't gonna be like, I need 300 bucks or I'm not playing. Cause I didn't really have people showing up, but now I, people uh, show up for me. So now I feel like, you know, maybe this year I could add an extra 50 to the,
2: absolutely, man. And like, uh, like it's not even, when you look at it, like you're just asking to have your costs covered for your one, your time, you know, your time for digging for tunes, your time for making that set, like countless hours that go into it. And yes, it is for the love of it as like, for sure, for sure. But like, there were days when like i was taking days off of work to go and like prep a set for a free yes yep. and yep. like i see the promoter after with this fucking stack of money and i'm just like bro like
3: but but <laughs> but i mean you know we're kind of we're kind of old enough to remember like i told these guys i'm like i'm gonna date myself but i remember back in the day when it was acceptable to take a cdj for not getting paid <laughs> i've done that <laughs> yeah
2: oh man i've taken a a date date ourselves a little bit mark even though we're around the same age I was not a very nice person when i didn't get paid back in the day like i'm a changed individual now for sure like there are proper ways and outlets to go about getting your money and taking cdj is not one of them now but um Uh, yeah there was was a time i was gonna say i can't really dude Dude, it was the wild west. It was the wild west.
3: And it, like commercialization definitely streamlined it. Contracts yeah. have helped us protect us as artists. At the same time, it shows like back in the day like as an artist you really had to stand up for yourself. And yeah. and like so and this is a thing that I'm uh, that I had to kind of come to terms with and and I'm I'm curious as to what you feel at what point do you hit that okay i'm paying dues and i'm no and and switch over to i'm valuing myself as an artist
2: i think uh like there's certain things that like i mean like if you get approached by somebody who's like yo i want to use your song in a tv commercial it's like hey i want money or like yo i want to use your shit it's like hey like at least be compensated for that portion of it but like when i go to look to like to work on things or like have a goal and be like hey like if i want to get like a placement i'm going to go spend three months working on an entire a library of fucking placement music and then submit it because that's kind of how i see that and then when i have that value of getting established and something like that then i can be like yeah i want this mount to do your entire score or I'll do this for this much money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's more of just—it's like it's like going. It's like working a job. Like I've worked a job my entire life, and like you don't get raises if you suck. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no like particip- you gotta go through like an no evaluation.
3: participation trophies,
2: unfortunately. Yeah. Like that shit's that shit's ridiculous, man. Like it, it's just brutal. But yeah, I, I think I, I think I've just had that mentality my entire life. Like there was only like a period, I think, of probably four years or five years where I just toured full time, and that was it. But the rest of the time, it was like work Monday to Thursday, get on a plane Friday, fucking go do some gigs, back at work six a.m. Monday, like for years. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that's Dude. like that's what you got to do, I guess <laughs> Yeah,
0: this kind of changes subjects, but you mentioned something about horror movies. Yeah. What <laughs> to do that, man. I'm the biggest fucking horror nerd. Oh, and I, I honestly, you know, Rob zombie, Marilyn Manson, all those people like truly inspired me. You know, nine inch nails just to have that like dark edge to their stuff. I love that um Rob Zombie is making horror movies now. But uh tell me about that. What
2: I think I got into it when I was really young cuz I remember when like video stores existed and shit you could go and just like fucking like raid the horror section and, like yes. I grew up watching like all the Friday the 13th and like Mhm. and like all those old shitty movies then then that, and, so- that Wait, you,
0: you said you're 35. Yeah. Did you ever see Monster Squad? No. Uh, it's cheesy as fuck, but it's got all the like classic horror, like horror monsters in it, like the swamp, like swamp creature, Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman.
2: Oh it's, my God. It's okay. almost
0: like the Goonies of horror movies.
2: Yeah. Okay. I it's remember. It's great. Seeing this, I this was probably I might have been way too young to remember this part of it. This hold on when this came out, 1987. So, yeah, I was born in '86. Okay, yeah, so I didn't get I didn't really get into a lot of this until uh, probably like the early '90s when I I was in elementary school.
0: Yeah, I think this is the movie that actually got me into horror when I was really, really young. You should check it out for sure. Oh, I'm not on- going to say it's a great movie, but it's just nostalgic as fuck to me.
2: I will figure that This definitely looks fucking great. I'm going to put it on my list. And it's on Prime, so I can go watch it later. This is dope. <laughs> I grew up, I think the first thing that I watched that like really got me. So there's two things, actually. And this one one of them has to do with like the aesthetic on like this project and where i'm kind of taking it but what got me into horror movies was the fucking hellraiser series those were the first bits of movies that i saw that i was like yes i love blood and guts and gore this is sick
3: (laughs) bro that that dealt with like a lot of deeper like interdimensional spiritual shit man that was like i mean Mm -hmm. dude clive
2: barker todd mcfarlane like all those guys man when spawn came out like when the fucking first spawn movie came out i made my mom take me and like all my friends and like fucking she's in the theater with like six of us and we're all just like yeah this is sick
3: like dude i just got my spawn side piece started so i've uh, got like the the cartoon logo and i want spawn unloading an m16 inside the violator you know because that's like
2: it's sick man
3: (laughs) Dude Todd McFarland, so like this is cool, Todd McFarland agreed to sign on uh to do a his own spawn movie, and he wants it he wants it to be
2: more of like a horror anti hero yeah i well i they're trying to make it more uh, like more authentic with the way the comic books were because like bro, even the new Batman movie is very much like the dark fucking Batman like when I read those comic books the frank were, miller era the Frank yeah. miller, yeah. They were brutal,
3: man. Zack Snyder. Zack
2: Snyder.
3: So I don't know if Zack Snyder is involved in the the newest Batman one, but I mean, dude, the, just his cut of like the Justice League was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and dude, HBO Max just signed a Hellraiser series with Danny Mc McBri- with Danny fucking McBride as a co producer. Are you serious? Yes.
2: What the? Oh, I gotta. I'm. I'm Googling, I gotta Google all this shit right now. I gotta look it up. This is dope,
3: <laughs> dude. They're doing a movie. They're doing like a movie and in a HBO series. It's gonna be produced by Danny McBride. Dude,
0: wow, those Clive Barker books. Jesus, they are so dope. Like, they're, yeah, they're almost too intelligent for me to follow, but they're they're amazing.
2: Yeah, like they they were such they were such deep fucking movies i think that's what attracted me to them plus it was like really like cyberpunk before cyberpunk was cyberpunk like yeah there's a movie called that way back in the 80s i think it came out let me see if it's when this came out um uh it was about it's about like these like these underground people who who uh like stop time and shit and like stop it's called dark city yeah. Yes, and Kiefer Sutherland's in it would we'll be yeah, early Kiefer, and like that's where like I got a lot of like my artistic dude. Shit. That that in flatliners
3: with him, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, man. Dude, Julie, I think it was like Kiefer Sutherland, Julian Roberts, like just dude, killer cast on some other level shit, man. That extra like that kind of, like, spiritual stuff, man. Like, you look at Jacob's Ladder that dealt with, like, PTSD. Oh, yeah. And, like, dude, they live. They live. John
2: Carpenter, like... dude the fucking new... Uh, Cronenberg's kid just put out a movie, Possessor? Oh, bro! So dude,
3: I've... Good. Okay, hold on. I've been talking to my girl about watching Possessor and, like, dude, next-level shit
2: yeah his like his kid uh, like got all the good crazy horror genes man like <laughs> fucking nailed it
3: <laughs> dude it, it's a psychological like horror thriller or something because i mean like and and what's crazy what's crazy is now i see these articles coming about out about people people doing or like people like elon musk that are doing like chimpanzee brain implants chip implants and stuff yeah well it's funny because okay so like he's talking about the neural link he knows like dude this is like stuff that's in these movies
2: yeah even like well look at how much black mirror has affected like our reality just by putting these fucking ideas into people's heads like stop (laughs) we don't even figure out with that (laughs) yes at what at
3: what point do you stop like playing god and enough is enough man because i mean like
2: well ray Ray Kurzweil has been doing it for years transcendent man shit like yeah. like his his things he speaks about like
3: totally totally,
2: yeah. and it that's on that vein of just like when you start to think about all this stuff, like tapping your brain into like some kind of artificial consciousness and like these things are not far fetched anymore, where before people would be like, Oh, I'm fucking crazy, man. You can't do that shit. You know what I mean? But now it's like, well, it's definitely possible.
3: <laughs> yeah, man, totally. I mean, a lot of those dreams are becoming realities and how much and, and that's kind of what has always been even with music, the censorship, what are the what what where does the line blend between reality and art? And even with movies, the same could be said because of what we're creating now.
2: <laughs> there was a movie, I think it was, they based it around the Jonestown Massacre. It's, it's called The, the Last
3: Sac- Sacrament. Sacrament. Bro,
2: Eli Roth. Yep. Yes. Oh. Get off halfway through because I was like this is fucking way too real, man. Like I like, I had like nightmares about it and shit. Like it, like it really hit Dude, me. So did you
3: know that Jim Jones, that guy had a, ch- had a, had a church here in Indianapolis?
2: <sighs> yeah, I think. Cause I, I remember like, I got really into cults for a while. So I, like I did a lot of reading and like watched a bunch of documentaries about him. Like, the Heaven's Gate call, like, bro, they just released
3: some new shit on that man.
2: <laughs> Wild, the, the <laughs> Hail Bob, you can still join it. The website's still there, man. I looked at it the other day, I was like, What? The <laughs> fuck? It's like, so you want to join a cult? I was like, Oh, <laughs> this Dude. year can be worse.
3: <laughs> well, and I mean, you know, I. <sighs> There, there's a lot of those instances and even what like kind of what we talked about like me I would consider myself like a mix between Wiccan and Buddhist or Taoist almost with with my Native American connections to the earth and and you said that you like to go connect or you like to disconnect and connect
2: yeah well I'm like I'm a Taurus, so it's like that's very much like earth was like my shit like I need it in life um, I need it more so now like even kind of becoming more self-aware over all these years and getting in touch with that side of it. It's like, I used to be like, Oh fuck this. Like, I never appreciated it. Like I'd be standing on like a cliff, just fucking like on my phone. Like, I'm like, that's, that's not how I do things now. I go and, just t- and take it in, but it is, it's necessary. Like some people need water. Some people, you know, need the sun, you know, it's some people like darkness. <laughs> Well, just
3: kind of like, yeah, whatever whatever you feed yourself with, man, and that necessity. And yeah. and how would you know and and how do you feel or how have you noticed becoming more self aware of those needs and actually catering to them? How have you noticed your art change and kind of progress and just you becoming what Sister
2: Mary is now? Um, it's like it's helped me to tap into being able to write what i feel i guess is the is the best way to look at it like i'm more connected to that avenue of it and more because connected- you're in tune with yourself right yeah. like, there's days where i'm just like i have to sit back and be like yeah today we're just not writing things or like for a week like i'm not just like t- just not in the mood to write shit i'm not even going to force it anymore yeah. but that's when i know it's like hey i need to go and like do some do some clearing or like something's going cuz i pay a lot of a lot of attention to astrology Um, that's kind of been in my family lineage for a bunch of years. And it's one of these like generational things that's passed down. Um, so I'm super susceptible to that uh, and kind of clairvoyant in that nature too. So it's like, there's, there's days where I got to just like go and just hide and like not talk to anybody and just even stay off the phone. Like, cause it's, I feel like I get so drained from shit like that sometimes too. but. I have to listen to my body. I have to listen to my mind. Like that's, what's a lot more clear now. So, okay. This
3: is another thing. Cause I mean, with where you're at and I get it as well. Cause I mean like, bro, you're one of the nicest people I've ever met for real. Like you're, you're up there as far as artists and just influences that not only inspire me as an artist and a producer, but also as like a human being, right? Because of just Mm. the type of person you are. Um, At the same time, somebody that may be inspired by you but doesn't know you on the personal level that I do, they may get offended if you leave them on red or, like, don't answer. And, like, dude, it's nothing personal. I just want to say that from my perspective and even possibly yours. It's not personal, but we have to take care of ourselves first in order to
2: help anybody else. You do, and, like... I think, like, I kind of looked at this before, and, like, this this is a few years ago that I came to the conclusion that, like, being selfish is okay. And, like, it's a form of self-care as long as you're not doing it, like, facetiously. Yes. yeah, That's, like, the best way to look at it. And, like, the right people around you will understand that. Mm-hmm. And, like, they won't take it personally because fucking anybody i used to get in my own head about that shit like oh man how come this person's not talking to me like fuck is it something i did maybe like i'm a piece of shit like oh man i'm never gonna talk to people ever again and then you go into the cycle and it's like nah fuck.
0: (laughs) yeah no i i feel like it's really unfortunate that people expect us to be at at their you know anytime they want to contact us they can get a hold of us and expect an immediate response it's uh that can't be good for our psyche At no. all
2: No my mom always says it all the time She's just like I don't need to be accessible 24-7 she runs a business Like it's yeah. you got, like a 9-5 to five. You gotta be able to like detach You gotta know when to have boundaries Whether it's business whether it's fucking A relationship or a friendship Or anything like you gotta know How to like Not fully throw your whole self Into everything too That's yeah. That's a big big part of it and healthy boundaries are key to get through life, I feel like.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, So, like, as an artist, do you set certain times, like, you deal with music business or anything or those contacts? Or you just kind of do it I, when you can?
2: I go with the flow, yeah. Like, if I see, like, an email happen or I have an idea, if it's, like, 3 a.m. and I'm like, oh, shit, like, I have an idea to, like, get in touch with this guy, like, like I'll just, I'll just hit somebody's management up and be yeah. like... Oh, while wow, it's fresh because like i don't have a manager dealing with all that so it's like if i don't do it then i forget about it and then i don't ever get it done so
0: <laughs> no i feel that but you're not like expecting an immediate response at 3 a.m either
2: no that's <laughs> one of those things i just put it out into the, into the universe and like if it comes back dope and if i want to go and like follow up i will like it's mm-hmm it's kind of on that, on that tip. Now I've been like, I've been kind of rough with like even the last year of just getting projects done, but like life has happened. Like I didn't expect a pandemic to happen and like lose my job and like all this other type of shit. So it's been like, that's been the last year of figuring that out, which is like anything other than like trying to survive. If it's not in there, it's hard to even put attention to it.
3: No, totally. And that's understandable, man. I think like, like, Unless you're, unless you were like set beforehand. I mean, dude, I think everybody that's listening tonight and that's at least in part of a uh, part of this conversation relates, man. Mm-hmm. Um And, and that's totally understandable. Cause a lot of this stuff, dude, it was global, man. We all felt this shit.
2: But he did exactly. And like, there's no, like, there, like it's like, I see lots of like, I saw something the other day. It was like, man, if you haven't like done shit this year, like you fell off. It's like. Man, people are trying to fucking, like, not lose their fucking marbles.
3: Yeah, bro. Well, I mean, dude, here in the, like, this is the crazy thing, too. Like, you're in Canada, bro. Like, there was a, there was a, an active shooter, a fucking public shooting that happened down the street from our crib at a place, at a place during my shift that I was h- going to be uh, looking to apply for. My yeah. girl's sister worked there right before that shooting happened. That's and I mean, dude, that's every fucking day here in the U S and you in Canada know like I, I, appreciate your, I feel like I'm going crazy. Cause like everybody wants to defund the police or take away guns. Everyone else wants to give guns to everybody and just act the fuck up. Yeah. And like, how do you see America from a Canadian standpoint as far as like, and, and I'm not talking, I'm not saying like bash it or whatever, but I mean, just objectively, From an outside perspective, living in your country, what do you think and what do you see?
2: I mean, we don't have the same fucking laws that y'all's got down there. Um, especially in regards to firearms and stuff.
3: Bro, okay, hold on, real quick, cause you said that I've got homies that hit me up because of our gun laws that are like, yo, can you get me a burner? And I'm like, fuck no, bro. Like, oh, are you crazy? Cause they know our gun laws are so loose in Indiana specifically. So
2: yeah. you know. it happens up here. Like when I like I grew up in like the like the hood part of the city for most of my life and like there's been several occasions where I've seen like houses get raided and like them pull out like an entire gun shop full of fucking shit, dude. Like, like there's a, like a guy that lived next door for years. He had a minivan. He stashed all his pieces in. Like fucking, like that's the way it was. It it worked. And like gun violence here, like 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 we see it, but it's I don't see it get talked about very often. Like. There's two guys like 15 blocks from here that fucking got popped like gang style in their car. Like the car was still fucking running for Christ's sakes, yeah. and these two oh, dudes yeah. just like face face down the steering wheel.
3: Bro, like, I, so I grew up in Philly, and I'm a transplant Indian. and I, I lived uh, out east for a good 19 years of my life. And I mean, when when we connected, we are we were on that vibe. I mean, you got mm. on my seat, you got on that caddy, and we're like, yo, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that, that's part, that's part of like, I mean, even, even my culture and how I grew up, I was in Philly during the housing crisis to where like people were, people were robbing places, not for money, but for bread. That's on the fucking government, bro. Like you put, you put anybody and they want to demonize minorities, but bro, there was poor white people. There's poor black people that just want to feed their families and the government makes it hard. 100%
2: and like division has always been a fucking key in control especially like from what I understand about politics and like corrupt politics for that matter that I see like I mean I have pretty strong vision like like strong views towards like how the government treats fucking people and like it's really fucked up man like I don't know
3: (laughs) no man and like that's the thing that we like We kind of, because of the fact that people feel alienated through social media by speaking out on their beliefs, it's really hard to convey our emotions through text all the time unless you sit down and plot that shit out. And I think it can be misinterpreted misinterpreted in a lot of ways. Like, I'm glad we get a chance to verbally communicate over Skype and get to record this stuff because, like, Mm-hmm. Like you said, I feel like making this rant on social media, and it'll be like construed can a different way. But like when people hear you speak, it,
2: they understand that it's not. It's not like yeah. I don't know, but I think a lot of us are confused. Like everyone's confused. Like I'm even confused about what the hell is going on. Like, and I know that like a lot of what's happening right now is like it's powerful though. Like a like. We haven't lived through situations like this yet We've, We haven't seen like what humanity Is fucking capable of doing Like there is a rise There is a change happening and it's a good change And I'm glad a lot of this shit's getting Brought to the surface finally like And people are getting held accountable For fucking just, just Ruining people's lives you know like I just absolutely Fucking right
3: all right, so like something that I got, like even what you were saying, bro. Everybody down here celebrated this last election not because Joe Biden got elected, but because Trump was out of office. Mm-hmm. And it's like, bro, why are we not hype on the dude that's leading us now? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And like that's kind of a shitty place to be in as an American. And and you know we said it, we're settling progressively for the lesser lesser of two evils. Hundred percent.
2: I take this like this I, I I use like this as an example. When you go see a fucking band play and the sound guy's there <laughs> been there for fucking 50 years and it sounds fucking horrible, but he won't let you touch the fucking mixer. That's what the problem is with the fucking government, man. Yes. <laughs> you got this fucking disgruntled guy who's got the high-end cranked and everyone <laughs> fuck the fuck up and they just won't let somebody who's finessed in with better hearing
3: yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah. dude <laughs> i'm glad we got that that needed to be that needed to be heard thank you mark
2: hope, like if that makes sense i hope i'm not talking out of my ass but like oh no, that makes perfect sense that's what it feels like to me like and like we gotta we we had a young fucking prime like pri- prime minister but like like, Trudeau got elected, and what he did was he hustled all the, he hustled all the 21-year-olds. It was like, I'm going to legalize weed, and, like, fucking, they all voted for him. And now, look <laughs> at the fuck done with this goddamn country. Like, you got the government doing fucked up things, and then you've got, the, like, the premiers who are on the right who are doing other shit and, like, blaming it on the government. But it's like, all of them are that's fucking... us. Up.
3: Bro, that's us. It's just different colors and different names, bro. That's exactly yeah. what we got here. And, like, it's it's refreshing to at least know that like everybody, the grass is always greener on the other side, and then you get over there and you realize it still smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, having you on it's just like, damn, that sounds like our, our government government system, you know? And And do you ever feel like uh for inspiration um a, a, as far as what you write like do you ever do you ever look at um current events as inspiration do you look at your personal life mental health or even movies and media to inspire mostly, you to to create mostly, tunes
2: mostly mental man, my own mental health because <clears throat> i try and just block out like this i've established this like very blinders on mentality this last uh i'd say year or two and the more I fucking get, you know, bombarded with all shit that's out there, and like, even the media's lies about shit, man. Like, it's it's hard to even use that as inspiration because it's all false. I feel like, but
3: I mean, dude, with social media, sorry guys, no, but like, going off of what you're saying, Mark, like, dude, with with social media, we put ourselves in these echo chambers. And it's like, bro, Mark, I hate what you said that one day. And you may have just had a bad day and vented, right? But I'm like, dude, that offended me. I'm blocking you. Then fuck, that, fuck me. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I get that. I get that. I get that. Yeah. It's just from like that, like I, I'm the same way. Fuck you. I've got 5,000 friends. Maybe 25 of them are actually friends. And the rest of you can fucking get offended and blow one
2: yeah i mean mean, like you know like bro whatever i didn't say shit to offend people either even like i don't like to air my dirty laundry either because part of becoming aware and part of becoming like i call it being just becoming finessed is sitting with your own shit and not fucking dumping it on somebody like i used to go to a counselor and like for them to just sit there and go "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." mm-hmm motherfucker i could do that yeah you know what I mean? Like, but no, like it's more it's easier for me to just not vent it out or like put that shit into the cloud sphere and just sit with it and be like, why does this make me feel the way I do? Like, instead of being reactionary, like I I, I used to be like that. I used to be a very angry person for a lot of, like a long time. And it's definitely like a trait that I'm glad I got rid of because it helped me become aware of the things that, and the distortions and bad habits that like I, I do. And it's helps me get over them a lot quicker now.
3: No dude, totally. And, and I feel like some of that too, even reflecting black back is just like a lot of us are products of our environment. And it's not necessarily as like for me personally, like I haven't lived your stereotypical middle-class white dude life. Yeah. And I've, I've had a lot of friends that have shown me very, very drastic lifestyles that I stereotypically by society shouldn't be exposed to. Right. And that kind of has influenced me over the years. And especially with anger, man, like, dude, I grew up around real G's. Yeah. And even in the music scene, I'm around real G's. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah. And like, that's because of the environment and I appreciate that. And I feel like we all like, we all have that mentality and it's misconstrued because like, we're not necessarily pandering to the, the, the so-called hippie movement or whatever guys that like are seeing pushes. And Mm -hmm. I think that, I think that's awesome. I love inclusivity and whatever, but when we're, when we're lying to ourselves to feel better That's where the issue comes. And like, dude, a Chinese proverb that I hold with me every day and every interaction is you cannot wake someone pretending to
2: sleep. Yeah, totally. Like every person will get help when they need to. But like that help comes from like an internal shift that happens. Like there can be so many different catalysts, but they may not be the right one.
3: And, and even it, if, you even if you want to help somebody, it may not necessarily be the right way
2: that they need to be helped. Exactly. And like, that's one thing that like I, had, I had shifted my whole mind state from was that I don't need to help everybody. Cause I I was that type of person where I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to take on this, like some, like a problem for somebody. But like, now I know when to just be like, nah, I can't because it's going to, it's going to do something to myself. And like, I like, it's not that I don't care, but it's just like, I care about myself enough that. I don't ever want to get back into that cycle again, you know? And if
3: you're, if you're like going back to even what we talked about earlier, if you're not on peak performance, you are of no service to anybody else. No, at least
2: not in a good way. No, exactly. And like, that's, that's what I like, I would never want to do. And like, it's, it's, it's hard to like, to balance that though, all the time. And I think now that, like, I've kind of isolated myself off from the world, it's a bit easier because, like, I don't get that. I don't have, like, a lot of these things where people are like, oh, shit, man, like, fucking things are happening in my life. Like, I detached from a lot of that. And a lot of it was because people partied too much, man. Like
1: Yes. <laughs>
3: and it's nor- Dude, it's It's normalized. I mean, every, like at a certain point, like the partying is normalized, but people don't realize that some of us, myself included, don't leave the party at the party that continues the morning when I wake up, when I'm grabbing a 40,
2: like, oh my God, I'm sick and shaking.
3: I've been there, bro.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not, not healthy at all.
0: No. So, you know, we were talking about, you know, you have a different perspective being from Canada. And mm-hmm. I dude, I've been so ridiculously addicted to t- addicted to TikTok lately. And uh, there's all kinds of shit talking about lockdowns in Canada, yeah, and the, Chinese, the Chinese and Russia coming in. What do you What do you have to say on that? Have you seen anything? Can you tell us anything from your perspective?
2: Are you Are, are
3: you <laughs> Are you safe talking about it? That's the question.
2: I don't care, man. Come get me, motherfuckers! Like i <laughs> or man, I'm a loaded gun. Like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not gonna do that. But um, I mean, <laughs> I see a lot of shit happening all over the place. But again, it's like it's not very talked about. Like I've heard of like Canada signed like a treaty deal with China years ago. What like the old prime minister did, and like. Nobody really talked about it. And now there's, like, this huge thing where people are like, oh, my God, like, there's Chinese military here. Yes, there are, because, fucking, they signed this shit 10 years ago. And, like, they've always known. Like, I've got friends who live out in Salt Spring, and, like, they've seen the tanks. Like, they've seen them training and shit. Like, it, but who knows? Like, if this, like, I don't think, like, most of these countries would be stupid enough to start, like, a third world war with, like, an invasion or some shit. Because, like, that's the only outcome. I don't think that would be the, be the future, but like lockdown. I think
3: they're doing, they're doing a good enough job here in the U S though. And like remotely with like eight Chan and this whole QAnon bullshit, those are all pr- like, you can go on to HBO max right now and watch a documentary that shows QAnon was a, was a psyop and that it was bought out by the Republican party at some point
2: and this is this is real factual this is
3: yeah like fucking dude i this isn't conspiracy bro like qAnon was a designed bought out thing the guy that created qAnon is now the number 2 twitter influencer in the world how do you explain that bro cool. that's not that's dude that that is not conspiracy that is fact that is fucking fact that's crazy. Man. 2008. We went into the housing crisis. I don't have a problem admitting this because you got no fucking proof, but I was <laughs> burning couches and hoods to keep the police from coming down in armored trucks because bro, we had the housing crisis during Bush. The same thing that happened in Chicago when they locked them down and raised the bridges. We dealt with that in Philly in 2008. We're crazy as fuck. Our football team has a fucking judge, jury and jail in its stadium. We do not care, bro. Like, and I mean, dude, no, 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 no. I'm just saying like, bro, this is facts, man. And what you're, what you're putting together is some things that I've read into a 10 to 20 year plan
2: by 20, by 2030. I've looked at like the agenda 21 shirt that came from. United nations or whatever the fuck that was. And you read- UN, the UN people don't
3: realize was the idea of Hitler's right-hand man. You look it up the EU, the yeah. EU, the Eastern or the European Alliance was drafted up by Hitler's right-hand man. It is now enacted today. So who the fuck do you think won the United States and everybody else bought up Nazi scientists for the knowledge? We didn't need the muscle. We needed the brains.
2: Yeah, well, no, I know I remember like when World, when World War II was going on, right after the war, the United States had hired the same rocket scientist that was working for the Germans to like get into their propulsion theory and start building them nukes and shit like that. Like they were taking that technology, but they were also onto like the fucking UFO shit. like that's what it was. It was a technology race. They were trying to get as much shit as possible. I and fear. how
3: much and how much of that shit was divulged during COVID, bro? Like UFO information came out of the US government during COVID. We had the most we had the most astrological astrological events ever in history
2: last year in 2020. Yeah, okay, the, like that's facts. You can look they, that up. They just put they put out like a coin in like 2018 or something and it was to commemorate the like the guy that got abducted by aliens in Saskatchewan or some shit. And it's like a fucking glow in the dark coin. And it's this guy like laying on a hill and this UFO is beaming down and like picking his ass up. And it's like, you can buy this thing and it's like an actual, it's an actual happening here. Well, the-
3: how, how much do you know about like the Ojibwa people in Northern Canada and the Native Americans in your land?
2: Oh, uh, well, I mean, indigenous people like, I like there's, t- there are tons and tons and tons and, I've met. I've I've got like like I've had the privilege of actually like going um, up north, like to uh, like I I used to work um, do broadcast stuff for court cases for oil companies who wanted to pass like a building project, but they need to go through certain levels of like a court system because to figure out what kind of fucking animals they're gonna kill, like how bad is it, how bad of an impact is it gonna be on the environment, and like. As fucked up as it is, like some of these oil companies and some of this shit I've heard, like these fucking companies talk about, it's like, yeah, we might wipe out like this whole species of fucking. No, but bro, it's but- genocide. It's yeah. genocide, dude. It, it's it's it. genocide. And that, like the thing that crushed me the most though was like hearing like the chiefs that that came and and talked and like gave their two cents about what the fuck the like the the actual impact is of the of their land, like. This is like their their food like that's being fucked with. This is their livelihood that's being fucked with like and I
3: mean,
2: you've seen you've seen poltergeist, right? Yeah.
3: Just imagine just imagine building your country on that and that's what we've done.
2: Yeah, it's 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 really rough up here. <laughs> and then there's the argument that people are like, "Oh, but we need all these fucking oil pipelines and all this shit to get our economy going." It's like, yeah, no, you fucking don't. Like,
3: well, dude, my ho- my homies, like, guy, because I spent a I spent a year and a half on the road with the American Indian movement here, and my homie, the guy that was my running mate that was with me on the road, and I mean, bro, like, we we're running twenty miles a day on average, running yeah. straight, me and this dude, yeah, and like he's from he's from northern canada he's yeah. in his he's in his 40s and didn't see a white guy until he was about seven or eight
2: yeah so there's like, still people living off the land in the old ways that are becoming colonized that's what i that's that's kind of like the type of people that i met when i was up north like the place we went um you can only get in by taking an airplane there's only one road it only runs during the winter time and it's like a frozen lake you got to drive over and like just talking to i was talking to one guy one night and i was like so like what's your, like what's your day like like i give given like your tuesday what do you do he's like well i get up i fucking go check the trap lines and then i fucking go and deal with like food and find dinner and like go get firewood before it gets dark like like that's like a lifestyle when you know when we think about our own like my life when i compared my life i'm like fuck i get up and i stress about my bills and i stress about being at work on time and the fifteen thousand things I got to do for sh- people and like other shit and like it's like that like it's it's a total it's a total di- totally different perspective like as to why like, like like if your if your life like depended on the food that you ate and caught and you didn't want like every fucking species of fish being populated with, like full of cancer oh. because of the chemicals that are leaking into fucking from these these tailing ponds and shit. Well,
3: even in the U S man, there's, there's like it, people don't realize that like those, uh, indigenous people are split between countries based on the lands that they were given. Right. So these reservations and there's, there's reservations that are split between here in South America, Mexico in particular mm-hmm. to where in the U S they have a 99% per capita per person obesity rate in the U S. Mm-hmm. in in the mex on the mexican side they have a 1% obesity rate per capita yeah. why is that why is that because like you look at it and like even even in the hood like african americans are becoming the new native americans rather than having reservations we've got projects and hoods mm. and there's there's gentrification bro you see all these people that are destroying it with drugs and everything else and then corporations come in and buy the pro- pop, uh, the property at a devalued rate because of crime. They fix it up and sell it to a bunch of out-of-state yuppies.
2: Yeah, definitely, man. I'm Denver's like, a prime example. Do you know what? Like, that's a good way of looking at it. Like, I haven't been to the States in many, many years. Um, but, like, so I don't really have, like, a good understanding of, like, what, it exact- what exactly is happening over there. Um, but, like... I mean in the 70s and the 80s you saw how the fucking government fucking threw crack into these neighborhoods, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. You ever see Snowfall? You ever watch that shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, I mean, dude, now 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 because of like crack has become I mean it's almost become normalized. It like in the Midwest, it's a lot of like uh, home facilitated meth. And even here in Indiana, because of the pharmaceutical ties. We lose people. We're losing so many people to fentanyl. And I I mean, the
2: last I saw that there was like a fucking like a national emergency and opioid crisis. Third, third
3: leading, it was the third leading or second leading cause of death in the United States, bro. That's
2: insane, man. Like that shit just fucks people up so much it's like it it, it, like i've seen it tears like some of my friends to like like to pieces like my grandfather's in the hospital right now because he's he's been like they give him fentanyl to like to deal with his pain and stuff and i'm like man like getting him off of that shit when he's able to move again is going to be harder than like dealing with the cancer like it's it's just insane
0: dude there you know it was primarily in the heroin around here yeah. But now, I've heard that it's, like, in the pills. Like, people buying Vicodins and shit
2: on the street. It's, like, it's in those. Do you ever see the Vice? There's, like, a Vice documentary about fentanyl that they put up. And Bro, like- I, I, like, as a
3: recovering... I mean, I'm not afraid to admit it. I used to bang dope. You know what I'm saying? I've got 10, like I said, 10 years clean of it. I'm not ashamed of it. And if you want to judge me 10 years sober, fuck you. No, hell, that's... You know, like... Tough, man, like... But, but I, the, la- the, last time, the last time I had my experience was like around the time that fentanyl became a thing, man. And and in Bloomington, there was this dude that was on, like, I Am Audio, right? He was on Pogman's fucking early label and shit. And the dude was a beast as a producer. There was six deaths that they couldn't explain in, in Bloomington. And him and his girl were one of them, bro. And, and they didn't know what it was until they found the packages. But it was like fentanyl. It was... It was China managed manufactured analogs. So the analogs are the ones that like are legal because they change a chemical, but it still has the same effect, just like they did with MDMA, the the basalts.
2: Yeah, yeah, that that, I remember that for sure. They, I can't remember, some country was talking, I think it was Canada, they were talking about banning fentanyl. Like they're talking. Well, dude. Little-
3: so, okay. Fa- Canada. Canada has legalized. Like they have heroin treatments, which is I think is like I thought nationally they have it to where if you set up three treatments a day prescribed through your doctors you can wean yourself off with mm. safe measures. They were like, look, come into yeah. the hospitals and wean yourself off will help you. Yeah. I think that's fucking beautiful, man. Because like, either way, an addict is going to use here in Indiana, they had this whole religious debate on needle exchanges and because they didn't do needle exchanges, they had HIV and HPV breakouts as long as, as well as like some other, um, uh, uh, what's the, uh, not, uh, and no, what, what filters all that shit kidneys. Oh shit. So like hepatitis, right? Because of the fact that they refused to do needle exchanges, people were sharing needles, spreading HIV. Well, also, these people were having sex with people that weren't users that were giving them HIV. Oh,
2: like,
3: Right? And because they said, well, God doesn't want us to use drugs, and if we give these people clean needles, it's an excuse. We can't do this. Well, then they had HIV outbreaks in small towns and the CDC, the center for disease control had to come in and quarantine everybody and figure it out because uh, yeah, bro. So, I mean, like I respect Canada for being on the forefront, like, dude, it's not users are going to use you can't quit until you are fucking
2: ready. Yeah, definitely. And like, like that like I do like I know in vancouver there's a there's a methadone clinic there, and you can like if you're prescribed from your doctor, you can get a daily dose to help you get off that stuff, which is awesome, and I mean, we have a ton of resources here too, um for substance abuse for things like that, like I still regularly go to a meeting here and there, like when I need to, like it's how yeah man. like it's it's necessary to do for sure.
0: <laughs> well, it, it's really tough w- In our industry Which is so flooded with that kind of shit Yeah I mean, maybe it, At least here not so much heroin And shit like that But I mean there's still plenty of other substances Can really fuck your life up
2: but, Yeah um, Well alcohol is one of them man Like alcohol dude, was my for a very long time and
0: Probably know, just, the big, biggest just, thing that hinders Any of my My productivity or anything yeah. Alcohol
2: the start of this pandemic was fucking horrible last March, man. Like I was just like, well, I guess I'm fucking just going to stay home and drink this case of wine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, but no, I've seen that. I think in Toronto, I mean, they have you know, not that that's helping anybody get better, but they have like places where you can go and do drugs safely. Yeah. You know, where it's, you can go there, get your shit tested Yeah, Yeah, I mean, not that that's helping people get better, but at least it's harm control, you know?
2: And I remember back in the day, too, like when I was younger, going to raves, like they had rave safe and like, that's what it was. It was a test. They tested all your shit there. Like they'd give you information about the drugs. They'd make sure that like people partied responsibly and like didn't overdo it and kill themselves. And especially nowadays with people putting like tons of shit like fentanyl in every fucking thing that's like in a street you never know you never know and like yeah like i i see stories on the news like fucking 50 people drop drop down like at a house party all of them like all got hit with this shit and it's like one what possesses you to fucking do that to people like like i i just don't understand like like if it's a money thing well i
3: mean Dude, I had I, I was playing a festival, man. I was playing a festival in Michigan, and I had some random kid that caught my set come up to me afterwards and looked at like, it looked like he was handing me an herb cart. And my homie grabbed it and turned it upside down. And when we saw the way that the liquid moved, he was like, "Bro, why are you trying to hand my dude a DMT cart?" Like for real, the dude just handed me to like it was like a regular herb vape cart. My homie was like, "Bro." If I see you again whip that out around a group of people trying to hand it off, I'm gonna kick you the fuck out. Go, you know. Bye. But I mean, like, we've got people looking after each other at the same time, too. Like, you know what's in there? How are you gonna hand me something and not tell me that it's gonna do that to me? If I had a, if I had a herb cart, it's a little bit different than blasting or trying to blast me off on deepsters. I know my shit so I can handle it. But like, bro, when you're out there and you're doing that, like, you know, you can't, you can't, especially now you can't do that to people And our younger crowd. We got to make them feel safe. If I'm going to do DMT, I'm going to do DMT in an environment that I feel safe with people that I trust and whatever. Right. Don't act like we're cool and hand me something. I don't know.
2: <coughs> no, you're know? you like, there's like there's certain countries that have like kind of legalized everything which takes the taboo element away from um society from- can talk
3: about it though it's educating yeah. people like and that's the thing is like
2: that's I've what noticed- last, though. that's what, that's what that is, is non-existent in a lot of places is that education and reinforcing you know healthy practices and just and and re- outlets to be like maybe you don't need to do it. People who are addicted, like it's easier to get them off of it. Like stuff that's catered around the party scene, like instead of it, like going well, to an, a meeting.
3: If it's not you know. so tab, if it's not so taboo and illegal, I think it does give people the freedom to come up and be like, yo, do you want to hit this? It's this. And not necessarily have to feel like they have to be secretive or hide shit. Like, I can't tell you how many times that I've seen somebody that has passed away due to some shit that they thought was something else and they were doing it privately, bro. And everybody else, like even in the U S like me personally, from my experience, like I had a situation to where somebody was scared to call for help. Yeah. And that could have killed me, bro. That could have left. That could have, that definitely could have killed me. Yeah. And and it comes with the, and it comes with the, you know, it comes with the territory. So it's, it's like when you're doing it, you kind of know what to expect. So I don't harbor resentment at the same time. It's our societal laws and our understanding of these things that, that imprint those ideas in the, in the caution or the scaredness, the intimidation to actually reach out for
2: help. Right. Well, and it's, it's harder to get over that aspect because then you're, there's such a stigma with being an addict. You know what I mean? Like, Addicts are not bad people like they're 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 not fucking outcasts of society like a lot of people like view them as you know what I mean and that comes from like the older generations like all those fucking pothead bum you know what I mean like fucking some of like my like intelligent friends who like who have crazy jobs like giving lectures to the United Nations we're fucking like big, big advocates for psychedelics, and like yes. there's some artist motherfuckers I know now, like like brilliant, brilliant, brilliant engineers and shit. Like, like it's it doesn't matter like what that is. It's 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 stopping the addiction and like addictions to lots of things too. Like there's an addiction to vanity. There's an addiction to ego. There's which is like all byproducts of, of substance abuse too and like they, one can be a trigger for that you know what I mean it's yeah.
1: when I was younger I used to be like super anti-weed I was like I shouldn't do this like even with dare I kind of like was like yeah this what this guy is saying is true mm-hmm. and then one day I was just like when I was in high school I was, my buddy was just like hey do you want to smoke and I was like hey eh, you know what let's try it and then I got into class and I was just knocking out my homework and it was fun and i was like oh shit like it doesn't it doesn't make people lazy it doesn't make people want to just sleep all day like weed i could smoke sativa or i could smoke um uh what's the other one i can't think of it right now indica yeah indica either one they both wake me up and i'm just like ready to go it's almost like an adderall for me or it's just like
2: you have to think too like so you're in school and one you're not allowed any fucking snacks in class you can't you're <laughs> Anything so like yeah you're gonna be Tired and these kids all do Go out and smoke weed at lunch and 95% Of the time they're eating like some Fucking shitty dollar 99 cheeseburger That weighs them down so yeah They're probably gonna be tired (laughs) you know What I mean like there's no Fresh air in these classrooms and shit Like it's a fucking prison most of them Like like, Well it's been a pretty rough looking school like I don't know About you guys but like it was not very Pleasant like by like third for a third Fucking period I'm like Head down on the desk and have a nap, like fall
1: asleep. Yep, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. And I didn't even smoke weed then, like.
3: <laughs> well, in nowadays, man, like in 2019, I was I was diagnosed as on the spectrum, and mm-hmm. I've got a four year old that by the time he was two is is diagnosed on the spectrum, right? Yeah. And like, bro, they're telling me like even before like my kid was diagnosed before I was. I went I went in for mental health. I decided like you know, kind of like we all came to is like, how do we fix this shit in our heads? It's not the drugs. It's not the alcohol. It's like us. And how do we, how do we cope with this? How do we untangle this web of, of thought thoughts and just shit? And, and so like they diagnosed me as on the spectrum and I understand it. Like I took a lot of, 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 other courses, PR was good marketing to teach me how to look somebody in the eyes and have that kind of like business sense and business savvy The things that autistic people struggle with. I also wasn't labeled from five on up or four on up as, as high functioning. So I didn't have a stigma placed on me. Right. The, the, the same thing with like addicts and everything else there, there are stigmas that in in trying to understand these subjects, we place stigmas and limitations on each other as well as ourselves. No matter how you label or group yourself, mm-hmm. and yeah. I mean, even even going back to the music industry, bro. Like when you when you start classifying yourself as a subgenre or anything other than than keeping it broad, like you're doing with Sister Mary. I mean. Y- mark like i i kind of feel like that's why you had to kind of stretch from mark instinct is like you started the evolution Mm -hmm. at the same time you had to kind of make that break from being like that heavy fucking dark you know
2: yeah a lot of it too was like the experiences i was having then were different than the experiences i was setting myself up for now because like they're very much different you know what i mean like like even my like when I do start touring under this name, it's gonna be very different. It's not gonna be like how I toured like before. It was very reckless, and it was it it wasn't the same. Like it, and I was being presented with those experiences to learn something from them. Um, but I feel like like the switch needed to happen in order for me to feel like it's it's like shedding a shedding a part of myself that I didn't really need anymore no
3: dude totally so i mean we've been at it for a minute i'm gonna let these guys do their outro and stuff but real quick mark like all right so we're gonna do like last minute stuff but i just want to thank you again for being down to sit and have like a real a real fucking chat bro
2: bro man
3: and and so from from where you're at what are some some last minute things that you want to share as far as what's coming up with sister Mary and just the, the goals and where you're heading in the, in the future. Like, dude, this is where we manifest this shit. So like, put it out there.
2: Um, I've, I've like, I've got a single coming out next, next this week, this week. Yeah. On the 23rd. And then a bunch of music coming out after that in June and kind of just hoping that this whole fucking thing rap like pandemic thing is, Done soon, so I can get back on the road and hopefully into the state. Let's get you that fucking visa. I might need a vaccine in order to travel. I'm not sure yet. You might. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know, like, I I had a friend that has a friend. I'm not going to name names who these people are, but they've been told that their shows would be canceled if they did not get the jab. So, damn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it.
0: it. How do you feel about the vaccine?
2: I mean, like, I don't, I haven't done enough reading about it to figure out whether or not, like, I know that, like, back in the day, like, when the flu shots came out, you just go get a flu shot, you know what I mean? But,
0: mm-hmm.
2: like, I'm seeing more about how bad this thing is, and, like, it's not really stopping shit, like, I, I, I like, protect the, the, the people who are, like, the most vulnerable, fuck yeah, like, like, that's how I can kind of see it, like, for me... Like, I maybe I won't get it. Who knows? Like, I lead a pretty active lifestyle. Like, the one thing that they don't teach is, just, like, how to eat healthy. What, like, healthy pretty
1: practice.
2: Sure. do. Like, what vitamins you should take. Like, how you Vitamin should. Vitamin act- D and shit. Staying at home because all the fucking gyms are closed. Like, you got to exercise. You have to do these fucking things. Or you, you'll just get sick. And right. then they'll probably like oh you got COVID it's like no man I'm fucking like my immune system is shit because I've been like putting garbage in my body <laughs>
1: right I'm in this weird dilemma right now that like I've been around so many people that have had COVID and I haven't been sick once no. All 2020 up until now like knock on wood I might get it tomorrow now that I just brought this up but like I haven't been sick so it's like do I get vaccinated to get sick because like we have a buddy that just did it yesterday mm-hmm. and he was like I can't make it here our other guy on the podcast because he feels sick from the vaccine and everyone yeah. else I'm hearing about is getting sick from it, which I get is going to happen.
2: But. My mom got well, it. Well, hold on. Hold on real quick,
3: Mark. Cause I know you know this dude, Josh guard fucking shout out to the homie figure dude lost at least eight to 1200 followers. Last time he posted his COVID vaccine, uh, thing. So oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but Josh dude figures the homie, Figures the homies so like fuck them It doesn't matter at this point but like It goes to show you can't please everybody And I mean bro like Dude you're smart You're smart Mark so like I'll let you get back To what you were saying but like
2: Yeah I like like my mom got the Moderna One and like I keep asking her every day I'm like yo it's like how you feel how you feel And she's like fine 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 And like so I mean like maybe There is one vaccine that works That isn't making people sick and shit like that You know but at the same time, like like my roommate, we think that like she had it a year ago, like in January or like no, probably in October of last year, of uh, 2019, yeah, October. And then she got sick for like a week. And I remember coming home from work, and like we'd like we're just like fuck it. I was like, you're probably just sick. Let's just drink this vodka and like fix you up. <laughs> so we we're sharing drinks, and like I don't even remember getting sick but she definitely had it so did my brother he had it like the same around the same time fall of like 2019 and then to work and in january we got this memo and they're like something big is coming and like Uh be prepared blah 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 blah. and then march happened like all february i'm like man this is fucking bullshit like this is just a joke like everybody's just fear-mongering and then the whole world shut down (laughs) yeah you know i mean
0: i'm kind of on the fence but i (laughs) I'm somebody who's prone to severe allergic reactions Mm. of like crazy allergies.
3: Right. And I've already had COVID.
0: So I've developed the immune response.
3: Dude, so Mark, when we were talking on the phone, this is my homie that was like quarantined in Thailand during fucking COVID.
2: Dude, that's you. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We are. Yeah. uh, That was the
0: best place to be quarantined ever.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like
0: I fucking lo- I loved every minute of it. Honestly,
2: were you there for yeah. what two weeks?
0: I was there for like a month and a half. <laughs> yeah, I like, and I would go back a hundred percent. I I met like I was stuck there, and Indie Mojo was wanting me to do a stream, so I I just started like looking at the local clubs and hitting up the DJs around there, and found a studio that was like not even a two-minute walk from my place oh so so i did a stream from there and met up with a bunch of the djs there it did it was one of the best times of my life honestly
2: that's what's up man see that's what i that's like being able to just get the fuck out and that's what i thought i'm like i'll go somewhere and like i don't care about like having to quarantine after for two weeks like yeah I'm fairly sure that, like, I've gotten it, too. I, like, I'd like to go get tested and see if I do have these antibodies. Because, like, mm-hmm. what, what happens if you're immune? Like, how do you get treated if you're immune to shit? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, do you still need to get a vaccine if you're still, if you're immune? Like, or if you have these antibodies? Like, I don't there's so much information about this shit that, like.
0: Yeah, there's so much information and disinformation out there. Exactly. It's hard to believe. It's hard to know what to believe. And I look at all of it, and I try to listen to it all. But, you know, I mean, one of my things is, I said, I feel like I've already developed the antibodies for it at some point, whether those are still in my system or not. I'm no medical professional or anything like that, you know? (laughs) Not at all. But it really, if that's what the vaccine is going to do for me, is just have that immune response to where I... Am strong enough to defend myself against the the virus.
2: Why wouldn't me having the virus do that also and survive it? And that's like I think I like I was talking to my homie about this the other day too because he uh, he's into he like grows mushroom farms. Um, check them out, Nature Lion Mushrooms. They're fucking dope. They sell like grow your own kits. Um, nice. We were talking about um, cordyceps and how there's a study that someone's doing right now that it shows like it 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 builds your immune system up and like blocks fucking covid from hap- like happening in your body yeah. so they're trying to figure out now if it's like actually scientifically viable for for people to just take this shit i take them every day like my mm-hmm. morning concoction is fucking insane like the shit that i put like half for breakfast like i've dropped 30 pounds in two months and like that's just healthy eating and exercise that's it yeah yeah and it's like i feel a hell of a lot better like i haven't been sick like it's really dry in alberta but it's always fucking dry here it's a desert like (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah again like there's not a whole lot of that shit like there's not a lot of information on how to like take care of yourself like what foods to eat like there's lots of like oh get skip the dishes or fucking order from fucking this place or that place it's like (laughs) Why don't you cook your own damn meal? (laughs) Okay, so we're
0: about to wrap things up here, but I got a complete transition because supposedly the U.S. government is supposed to release everything about the aliens here in in June. Really? Okay, so what does Canada know about aliens that the U.S.
3: doesn't?
2: so the guy hold on who's the canadian uh alien
3: oh how do you oh, hold on and, and the other thing is too how do you feel about tom DeLong of all people being funded by the government to fucking to spearhead this shit
2: <laughs> i don't know or is man.
3: it mark i mean like dude either way it's i'm just gonna say how do you feel about blink 182 <laughs> Like fucking spearheading the American side of things. I mean, it's interesting. Like Mark, you say it. Like this is what I'm gonna say. Like Mark, you say I I, I have sources, but I can't name them. We know smart people as artists, right? On all on all, on all walks of shit. So how unbelievable or or unrealistic is it for us to have somebody that we inspired musically to be working with the government? How does that like influence that that kind of shit?
2: i'm not sure man like how did he even get that opportunity to begin with that's what i want to fucking know like do you just like hit up the government and be like hey like i've been reading a lot of stuff about aliens uh what do you guys know you want to like collab
0: <laughs> i mean he is heavily involved in or heavily interested in that stuff
3: yeah angels and airwaves angels and airwaves was his side project Right. To where he started singing about that shit. And it's like kind of what we were talking about collectively is like we have that awakening. Right. And and we start speaking to our audience. And like God knows like how like in my mind like dude I I make music that college kids hear. I don't know what their fucking majors are. But like dude that could be a physicist or like some dude that that makes a scientific breakthrough <laughs> that, that that just happens to like a tune that I did. Right.
2: on yourself, I've studied like I've studied a few things to do with like with metaphysics for years. And from what I've understand about it is that there are lots of metaphysical properties in the like the dimensional shifts and like with aliens being higher dimensional entities or what people are calling them as, my theory is that like I feel like we're on such a low density that maybe we can't fucking see them because we're not there yeah. yet know what i mean we haven't fully ascended to that level like but i have met people who fucking undoubtedly swear by being abducted i've got friends who've like been fucking x-rayed and have chips in their bodies and shit like Damn. so like and like up here there's lots of fucking like ufo activity like up north and stuff and like yeah. like Um, Like with like there's a land Like there's like a a ship that Like a spaceship that crashed Outside of like on the east coast In Shag Harbor It's like the Shag Harbor fucking crash Like There's like a museum about it and shit there Um, So there's some really believable shit Yeah there's like believable Factual stuff like I said they made a coin Like the Canadian Mint has a coin Like commemorating the UFO Shit like And But I mean that like fucking lockheed martin is also like responsible for some of this super future tech and like anti-propulsion engines and shit that they've been building
0: yeah you also mentioned earlier you were really into some uh, cult shit
2: yeah
0: like so like i mean you know i i really i'm a skeptic so so much a skeptic but i still fuck with things like astral projection and things like that and like
3: don't don't tell somebody that knows that you're a skeptic because i'm a fucking
0: it's all right i i i want them to make me a believer Um, i really
2: do a lot of that comes down to like where like your spirituality i guess like i have astral projected many times like yeah i i i lucid dream almost every night like on command and shit and like these are very real, real things that happen. Like there is a like a like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, a non physical world that exists. Like especially with magic and how magic works, and like we talked about manifestation before. Like that's all part of that. Uh, that that energy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's. It's a way of like tuning your body so that you can project these types of things, which is like, which is all part of becoming self-aware. The more self-aware you become, the more powerful, like your manifestations get, the better your understanding of like your every, who your everything is, like your entire presence. Like that's, that's what that is to me. I feel like.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've got your Facebook now, so I can, I can message you, message you more on this and hopefully convince me not to be a skeptic yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we won't keep this going too much longer on that
2: yeah yeah no it's it, like i mean like like your birth chart your natal chart is like a blueprint of your entire fucking incarnation like and if you get it accurate enough you'll you'll see like where your shifts are where you're gonna have a rough period in life like how to deal with these rough periods like certain planetary transits have a lot like the moon like i was born on a full foot like 100 percent full moon and like the full moon fucks with me every full moon i can't sleep for two days plus or minus like and you
3: know and you know it's coming that's where you're in tune with it bro i just want to thank you for being open to share some of that stuff about about uh, you know because it's like We vibe on that, but like, thank you for for you know sharing that, man. For sure, like, I think more people need to. This is the thing: more people understand they just need to feel comfortable that they're not alone.
2: So, thank you. A lot of that's becoming public knowledge now. Again, a lot of people are just voluntarily going and learning about this stuff on their own. Like these, like the rise and people who are getting into astrology for their own betterness to like help them deal with like the generational karma that they've been incarnated with. Like we all have to go through these fucking series of experiences to learn. Like my, I've always had this theory that like you're born with the worst case of amnesia and life is like a giant choose your own adventure book. And you can either like stay on chapter one or you can fucking figure it out and go to the next one. And that's why people stuck sometimes yeah. hey
0: well man i think we need to start wrapping it up here
2: definitely. But, you
0: know hopefully we can do this again sometime it's been <coughs> fucking awesome seriously we, i thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us tonight um
1: yeah i was going say yeah I, I really appreciate this this is awesome uh definitely very informative This like the stuff that you've been talking about that we've been talking about and honestly it's a huge honor to even speak with you right now like this so i really appreciate that yeah it's great.
2: hey thanks guys I, I really enjoyed it too like it's you don't get to have just like sometimes you talk to people and it's like oh man like sick tune it's like right well, it's more to life like it's just, it's, yeah it's more to <laughs> life
1: than than bass but you yeah. know so i'd still love it but still
2: i get it yeah definitely definitely no thanks a lot guys
3: well Mark, of course, always. It's a pleasure. Um, And and like I said, man, thank you for being down to kind of go on the record with a lot of the stuff that we've already been talking about and just kind <laughs> of like sharing that stuff that like, you know, people understand they just they need to feel comfortable being OK with it, man. There's no voice for for the way that a lot of us feel. There's no middle ground. It's black or white. and And I think that third that third party the independent party needs to be representative represented which is what i feel like we are you know
2: yeah be patient with yourself trust the process you know what i mean like that's the that's the biggest biggest tool that like most people should use is is just having patience and acceptance of themselves more acceptance of themselves i think that that gets that gets a lot of the Distortion distorted thoughts that, you know, stop us from being the better best best versions of ourselves that we can be
3: Exactly, dude. Exactly. Well, I think everyone here, honestly, wants to, wants to hear everything that you've got cooking up. (laughs) I know it's sick as fuck. And I've, you know, uh, I'm excited for it to, to release. And, you know, from the bottom of my heart, bro, I am proud of you as an artist and a human being. And I fucking love you, man. So, like, you know, I'm excited for, for all this. Thank you. All right. Well, we're signing off. Uh, Shout out to Indie Mojo for letting us uh, broadcast on their Twitch stream. And uh, we look forward to doing more of this as well. And, uh, you know, stay tuned. Stay tuned for some Sister Mary exclusives. Um, We're going to be putting some tunes up there and, and definitely promoting this. Stay tuned to all of our personal and artist pages. Um, you know, to, to continue promoting each other as well as pushing forward thinking bass music and art in general. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm Indigo Child, this is Slow Boy. Um, we've got, you know, we've got a very fucking talented crew. So Mark, you're the fucking man as always. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, be chatting soon. I'm sure.
2: Definitely, man. All right. Definitely, definitely. All right. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Peace. Sounds good, dude. Cheers. Cheers.